Tonight, The Sandman gets cast, Sama Hayek is Eternal, Uno, the movie, and remember Mark Wilmore and Dustin Diamond. All that and more on the comic edition of Multiverse, tonight! Comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, and more. If you're looking for a roundup of geeky news, you're in the right place. This is Multiverse Tonight. And here's your host, Thomas Townley. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 113 of Multiverse Tonight, the comic book edition. I'm, of course, your host, Thomas Townley. Now, uh, I don't really have much to say at the, the outset of the show here. Um, you know, I did, we did get some convention news the uh, past past few weeks, uh, Planet Comic Con in Kansas City has uh, been pushed back yet again. Of course, obviously, because the pandemic is still is still raging. You know, social distancing is, is still, you know, still a thing. So they decided to push it back, which is great, because uh, that way they'll get... Uh, that way they'll get uh, things done. You know, we'll get more people vaccinated. You know, I got my first vaccination a few weeks ago, and now I'm waiting for the second vaccine vaccine shot at the beginning of March, which I hear is the the worst one. So uh, that'll be something (laughs) to look forward to. So uh, other than that, not really much to talk about at the top top of the show here. Let's go on to the DC comic news. Now, we begin DC comic news this time with uh, a little announcement about Zack Snyder's Justice League cut. It now has an official release date on HBO Max. The four-hour-long movie will drop on the service on March 18th. Again, still not looking forward to a four-hour-long movie. think I'll cut it down into into bite-sized chunks for my viewing. However, uh, one character in that movie, of course, Superman, uh, was, they hoped, some people hoped, would show up in the next Shazam movie. Well, Variety hates to ruin ruin that uh, parade, but uh, Variety re- is reporting that Henry Cavill's Superman will not be appearing in Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Now, according to two sources with direct knowledge of the production and Henry Cavill's schedule, Let's say that Cavill might might be returning to the role at some point in the future, but it won't be for Shazam. Netflix's The Sandman series has cast some roles. The series, based on the Neil Gaiman uh, comic of the same name, will be led by Tom Sturridge as Dream, Lord of the Dreaming, and he'll be joined by Gwendolyn Christie as Lucifer, Vivian uh, Akempong as Lucine, chief librarian and trusted guardian of Dream's Realm. Boyd Holbrook will play the Corinthian and escaped nightmare who wishes to taste all that the world has in store. 
Charles Dance will play Roderick Burgess, a charlatan black blackmailer and magician, and Asim Chandri as Abel and Sanjeev Baskar as Cain. Neil Gaiman, in a statement, said, quote, For the last 33 years, the Sandman characters have breathed and walked around and talked in my head. I'm unbelievably happy that now, finally, they get to step out of my head and into reality. I can't wait until the people out there get to see what we've been seeing as Dream and the rest of them take flesh, and the flesh belongs to some of the finest actors out there. This is astonishing, and I'm so grateful to the actors and all of the Sandman collaborators, Netflix, Warner Brothers, DC, to Alan Heinberg and David Goyer, and the legions of crafters and geniuses on the show for making the wildest of all my dreams into reality. Now, some people might be wondering why Gwendolyn Christie is playing Lucifer instead of Lucifer's Tom Ellis. Now, Mr. Guyman explained this in the post on Tumblr, saying, quote, the theology and cosmology of Lucifer is a long way from Sandman's. It's inspired by Sandman, but you can't easily retrofit the Lucifer version to get back to Sandman, if you see what I mean. It seemed easier and more fun to have the Sandman version of Lucifer be, well, much closer to the Sandman version of Lucifer, unquote. Uh, we'll see how uh, well Gwendolyn Christie does in the role when the uh, series comes out. Now, there's some more Sandman news. Now, this time it's on the Audible original version of it. Audible has renewed the audio adaptation for two more seasons. Now, they'll be titled The Sandman Act 2 and The Sandman Act 3, and will continue to adapt the comic book series written by Mr. Gaiman, the second installment will cover the storylines Seasons of Season of Mists, Distant Mirrors, A Game of You, and Convergence, with the third installment adapting Brief Lives and World's End. Dirk Maggs will return to direct, and Gaiman will return to narrate and serve as creative director and co-executive producer. Now, according to Audible, the first installment broke their record for most pre-orders of any Audible original title and is the best-selling Audible original in company history. Now, uh, we spoke about Shazam! Fear of the Gods a little, early, you know, a few minutes ago, and uh, we learn, have learned that they'll begin filming this May, according to actress Megan Good. Now, Megan, who plays the superpowered version of Darla in the movie, told the Carlos Watson show that, quote, God willing and by the grace of God, Shazam 2 starts in May, end quote. Now, that early production start might be due to the fact that the young stars of the movie are growing up as we speak, so they want to shoot before they completely age out of their roles. Shazam! Fury of the Gods is due in theaters in 2023. According to Nielsen, Wonder Woman 1984 dominated the eyeballs of people during the week of Christmas 2020. The movie received 2.3 billion minutes of viewing time during the six-day period, which breaks down to roughly 14.9 million views. The movie is now off of HBO Max and has part of Warner Brothers Warner Media's model for same-day release. Now, there's no word on when it will return. Now, uh, I have feelings about that. You can go back a few episodes to get my feelings about Warner uh, Wonder Woman '84. But uh, let's just go on to the Marvel news. And uh, we begin 
Marvel News with Marvel Studios' Blade movie, which now has a name and a writer. The film, according to The Hollywood Reporter, will be called Blade, the Vampire Slayer, and will have Stacey Osef Kufour pinning the script. Now, Stacey is a playwright who has was story editor and writer for the Watchmen miniseries on HBO. She'll be the first black woman to write a Marvel movie. Mahershala Ali is attached to star. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is set to start filming in the United Kingdom later this year, as soon as James Gunn is finished filming the Peacemaker series. Now, not much is known about the sequel other than part of the story will center around Rocket Raccoon's backstory. Spider-Man star Tom Holland is calling his third solo Spider-Man movie, quote, the most ambitious standalone superhero movie ever made, unquote. Now, speaking with Variety.com's Award Circuit podcast, when asked about it, if there was anything he could tell them about the film, he said, quote, I can say that it's the most ambitious standalone superhero movie ever made. You sit down, read the script, and see what they're trying to do, and they're succeeding. It's really impressive. I've never seen a standalone superhero movie quite like it. And I'm just, you know, again, that lucky little bleep who happens to be Spider-Man in it. We got a lot more shooting to do. We started before Christmas and shot for like seven weeks. We stopped for the Christmas break, and then we're starting again. I'm just as excited as everyone else to see it, let alone be a part of it, unquote. Now, he also told them that he would like to direct one day. Now, speaking of Variety Podcasts, on their podcast Just for Variety, host Mark Malkin talked with actress Selma Hayek about the Eternals movie. Now, Selma will play Ajax, the leader of the Eternals. Selma told Mark that she was very excited to be in a Marvel movie and getting to work with director Chloe Zhao, although she didn't know anything about the Eternals and that she was quite scared, was, quote, scared. But it didn't matter because, quote, quote, but it doesn't matter because I'm going to tell you why I didn't care. I love the director. She's brilliant. And then I like that Ajax is kind of the leader. She's the only one that can talk to the Celestials. And it'll get, it'll, I'll get to be bossy on this one, too. I can play that. Giving instructions, telling people what to do, I can do that. Then I was afraid of the outfit. I'm claustrophobic. I was very afraid that I was going to feel like I couldn't move. It has completely different DNA from the other Marvel movies. It's shot differently than all the other ones. It's in real locations, and they found some crazy extraterrestrial-looking locations. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about what they do with the camera, but it's not mostly done in post. The cinematography is incredible." Unquote. Now, she also said that she even does her own stunts in the film. Now, when asked about the craziest stunt, she talked about doing cool stuff with the wire and things on Eternals. Eternals is currently set to come out this November. A new Marvel series has been announced for Disney+. Plus. This time, we're going back to Wakanda with a Black Panther series called Kingdom of Wakanda. Black Panther director Ryan Coogler is attached to the series as part of a five-year deal between his proximity media company and Disney. Coogler, in a statement, said, quote, It's an honor to be partnering with the Walt Disney Company. Working with them on Black Panther was a dream come true. As avid consumers of television, we couldn't be happier to be launching our television business with Bob Iger, Dana Walden, and all the amazing studios under the Disney umbrella. No word on when the series is expected, 
but it will probably be somewhere around the premiere date of Marvel's Black Panther 2, which is currently scheduled for July 8th, 2022. Black Knight is getting a revamp thanks to writer Simon Spurrier. Now, Black Knight, a.k.a. Dane Whitman, was one of the company's old series dating back to 1967's Avengers number 47. He led teams of Avengers and even had his own series, but never really got you know a good latch on to the audience. Now, he's back with a one-shot called King in Black, Black Knight, which ties into the King in Black, King in Black event. Spurrier told Newsarama in an interview, quote, one of the things that fascinates me about the character is how conflicted and complex his backstory has been. In this one shot, we'll, be, we'll find him trying and failing to pretend he's totally okay, totally happy with the way his life is going. Now, he's developed these absurd strategies to just keep rolling, to keep playing the part of this faux medieval squashbuckler, when in fact he's having a full-on crisis of confidence and identity. He doesn't know where he fits into the heroing world, and it quickly becomes clear he doesn't even really understand his own abilities and the things that make him special, unquote. Now, the Black Knight will be returning in the upcoming miniseries, Black Knight, Curse of the Ebony Blade. Marvel has a new version of its Marvel Master Masterworks line that is aimed at being more accessible. The new Masterworks line will be called Mighty Marvel Masterworks and the line will be published in a new smaller size format measuring 6x9, like the size of a Digest-style magazine. The first wave of releases will collect the origin and early adventures of Spider-Man, the X-Men, and the Fantastic Four. The new line of Mighty Marvel Masterworks debuts in June. WandaVision's Randall Park has revealed that he's been vaccinated for quite a while now after having taken part in a COVID vaccine trial last year. Speaking on CBS's The Talk, he said, quote, I just found out that I've been vaccinated against COVID since September of last year. And, you know, I was thinking, oh, that's interesting. Then I found out it was near my home, not far, and I was bored because it was the pandemic. I was stuck in the house, and I was like, maybe I should donate my body to science. I figured it would be my way to kind of fight this thing happening throughout the world. So I enlisted in the trial. And I didn't know if I got the placebo or the actual vaccine, but I just found out yesterday that I got the vaccine, unquote. Have you got your vaccine? If not, be sure to get it. Don Cheadle's War Machine will be making an appearance in Disney Plus's next Marvel series, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which premieres this March. Cheadle, speaking with Bro Bible's post-credit podcast, said, quote, that's some of the fun of the MCU, that we all get to show up in each other's stories, and there are ways that we're cross-platforming these characters, and they make and they become storylines, sometimes in the movies, and then these storylines in the movies become storylines in the shows. It's really a fun and interesting, and by all imagination, completely open-ended, this can go anywhere. It's great. I can't wait to get to the right room with the writers and figure out how all these things connecting Armor Wars to the MCU happen. You know, Rhodey shows up in Winter Soldier and Falcon Show, so it can be a lot, unquote. Now, let's go on to the geek news. Now, we begin geek news with Uno, the movie. No. I'm 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 not making a joke. I'm serious. Uno, the card game, the movie. 
Mattel is developing a live-action heist comedy based around the card game Uno. The movie will be written by Marcy Kelly and will star rapper Lil Yechty. Yechty. Yechty will also produce along, along with quality films. Uh, Mattel's Films' Robbie Brenner said about the project, quote, At Mattel Films, we are looking to explore stories that bring our ba- brands to life in unexpected ways. Uno is a game that transcends generations and cultures. We are looking forward to partnering, partnering with Lil Yechty, as well as as well as with Coach P and Brian Shear to transform the classic Uno game into a comic action adventure. Unquote. Uno joins other Mattel films in the works, including those based on American Girl, Barbie, Hot Wheels, The Magic Eight Ball, Major Matt Mason, Masters of the Universe, Thompson Friends, The Viewmaster, and Wishbone. <sighs> Anyway, Garth Ennis is back with a new eight-part miniseries called Marjorie Finnegan. The comic will be illustrated by Goran Saduska. The comic follows temporal criminal Marjorie Finnegan as she travels through time looking for ways to make money and stay ahead of the time police and her creepy ex. In a statement, Garth said, quote, Time travel inspires endless possibilities for all kinds of fun. And if there's one thing Marge likes, it's fun. This is my own spin on the time travel tale, with a twist or two that occurred while I was thinking about the conundrums that temporal mischief can inspire. It's got Marge herself, herself, the fun-loving gal, who should be fine as long as she doesn't slow down long enough to notice the chaos she's causing. A villain so evil he looks like Satan. Another one who started making trouble back in the womb. A guy who's just a head and dinosaurs. Really, it's hard to go wrong with dinosaurs, especially smart ones. But just in case, let's throw in a time cop with a malfunctioning sex toy as well. Unquote. Now, this comic will be published by AWA Studios, and issue one goes on sale on May 5th. The Hollywood Reporter reports Friday that the reports that Friday the 13th producer Sean Cunningham has launched a new lawsuit over profits from the horror movie series. In a complaint filed in Los Angeles Superior Court, he says that Paramount and Warner Brothers, the studios that have distributed the films, have systematically misaccounted contingent compensation. Mr. Cunningham is already in the midst of another battle with writer Victor Miller over the rights. The Friday the 13th movie franchise has grossed more than $129 million, but according to the complaint, Cunningham says audits have revealed that there's improper deductions of fees and bonuses, undervalued licenses, and underreporting of merchandise revenues and pay TV income, and much more. He alleges that the studios have redacted their package license agreements, preventing him from fully grasping the flow of money. Olivia Coleman and Matt Smith will be teaming up to bring an animated Superworm special for the BBC. Superworm is based on the children's book by Julia Donaldson and Axel Scheffler. Coleman will narrate the special, and Matt Smith will play Superworm. Now, the story centers on Superworm, a heroic worm, who finds himself kidnapped by Wizard Lizard and the Crow. And the special will probably air on BBC One this Christmas. Disney's Frozen helped researchers solve a 62-year-old cold case. The Disney movie solves something called the Dytlov Pass Incident. Now, here's what happened. 
A team of students and their instructor went on a mountaineering expedition in the Ural Mountains in 1959. Now, what followed was pretty horrific. Their, their tent was found after the snowstorm ripped open from the inside, and there were bodies scattered all around the nearby areas with traumatic injuries. People wondered how this could have occurred with no witnesses, and soon conspiracy theories began to bubble up from all sides. Now, fast forward to 2013. Johan Fuhm of the Science of the Snow Avalanche Simulation Laboratory was amazed at how Disney was able to make such realistic snow. So he contacted the animators and met with them, and obtained a version of the snow animation code for his avalanche simulations. Guillaume was then able to figure out what happened. Now, in this case, the bodies of the travelers were found with extreme injuries involving blunt force puncture wounds and cracked open skulls. It turns out that when a wall of snow hits a precise angle, that ice can be like a projectile. With the data in hand, you could build a model to explain these gruesome injuries with a very normal avalanche. The displacement of the bodies could be the result of some of the students trying to drag their friends to safety instead of merely abandoning the camp. Now, we close out, of course, with some sad news. Mark Wilmore, producer and writer on The Simpsons and brother of comedian Larry Wilmore, has passed away from complications due to COVID-19. His death was confirmed by his brother Larry on Twitter, saying, quote, My sweet, sweet brother Mark Edward Wilmore passed away last night while battling COVID and other conditions that have had him in pain for many years. My brother was the kindest, gentlest, funniest lion of an angel I've ever known. I love you, little brother, unquote. Now, Larry started out as a writer on, uh, Mark started out as a writer on the sketch comedy series in Living Color and became a cast member in the show's last season. Now, after he wrote, after that, he wrote for The Tonight Show starring Jay Leno and the animated series The PJs. He joined the writing staff of The Simpsons in season 13, working there from 2005 to 2015, and in 2017, started writing and executive producing the Netflix series F is for Family. In his career, he was nominated for a Primetime Emmy 10 times, winning twice. Mark Wilmore was 57 years old. And finally, actor Dustin Diamond has passed away after a battle with stage 4 small cell carcinoma. The child actor started out in the series Good Morning Miss Bliss in 1988 and stayed on for Saved by the Bell and the follow-up series Saved by the Bell, the New Class, and the College Years, which ended in 2000. Unfortunately, Dustin succumbed to the curse that happens to a lot of child actors, falling into struggles with sobriety and personal troubles. He eventually filed for bankruptcy and resorted to selling knockoff Screech merchandise to fans of the show to pay for his bills. He would try to use his fame on shows like Celebrity Boxing, uh, re releasing a sex tape, and writing a tell-all book about his Saved by the Bell experience. Uh, his life, unfortunately, devolved into failed marriages and multiple arrests for weapons possessions and disorderly conduct, which led to several months in prison. He even tried professional wrestling. His final acting gig was in an appearance uh, as himself on the Adult Swim show, Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. Dustin Diamond passed away on February 1st. He was 44 years old. And that brings us to the end of the comic book news. And now, be sure to check us out on social media. We're at Twitter, at Multiverse Tom. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And if you'd like to contribute some money to the show or check out our show notes, visit our Tee Public store 
and uh, much, much more. Go over to the brand new multiversetonight.com. I think you'll really like the way the uh, site looks now and uh, how more accessible it is. If you're a subscriber, please be sure to share with your friends. And if you're brand new to the show, thank you very much. Be sure to subscribe and leave us with some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Now, special thanks to Shane Ivers for the intro music and Lobo Loco for the outro theme music. Thanks for watching the comic book edition of Multiverse Tonight. We'll be back in two weeks with brand new sci-fi and comic book editions. Now, please exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night. Multiverse Tonight is a production of Half-Baked Genre Productions, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. Galactic Empire, Hyperspace, Positronic Brains, Androids. These ideas developed decades earlier than you might think, and they are the legacy of one man, Isaac Asimov. I'm Jason Stark, host of Galaxy. Join me, along with my friends Stephanie and Jacob Yunker, as we dive into the novels and stories of one of the greatest sci-fi authors of all time. From iRobot to Foundation to the Caves of Steel and beyond, we explore the narratives, the meanings, and the legacy, one book at a time. Listen on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and visit galaxypodcast.com.